How many others at the dedication ceremony would be able to recollect their fathers or their brothers? Hawkins remembered his own legendary and famous father, telling him of being in a storm ditch along Highway 1, on the way to Tay Nin, with babies just old enough to suckle from flap-eared breasts, sufficiently aware of the difference between incoming and outgoing fire, to know when to cover their ears and when not to bother but hold the tit instead. He guessed they wouldn't have fathers either. Not many, anyway. Always the innocents, rarely the guilty. Pompous thought, decided Hawkins, blinking away the reflection, knowing he should have accepted the unexpected invitation to come with the Petersons, and guiltily now trying to find them, to regain the opportunity. Bloody stupid to have made the excuse. Idiotic. There hadn't been any need to check his telex or the agency machines at the press building. Kept himself to two drinks, though, singles at that. Still a good day, so far. Never going to develop into a problem like before. Never. He saw the politician at last, on the Lincoln Memorial side, quite a long way from where he stood, in a predictably reserved, roped-off section. There were photographers clustered around, because the speculation was open now, but Peterson appeared unaware of their closeness, straight-backed and properly solemn-faced. Peterson's wife was by his side, pretty in a corn-fed, vitamin-enriched milk-every-day kind of prettiness which Hawkins had never liked, until he met her, and which he now liked very much. Which was ridiculous, and he knew it, like saying he had to check the office wires when he wanted to stop off at the bar, instead of travelling in their limousine. He decided there was less harm in admiring Eleanor Peterson, or would lust be a better word, than there was in two drinks, even small ones, so early in the day. Far less harm. Because those two quick snorts had been more important than getting close to a man likely to become the next President of the United States— and that was the sort of risk he'd promised himself never to take again. The ceremony ended with an abruptness, practically an anticlimax. People stood as if they expected more and were unsure what to do, with only the impatient children anxious to get out into the mall. An apparently uncoordinated movement started, to walk by the memorial and study the names inscribed into it, and Hawkins went with the crowd to get to Peterson. He remained at the rear of the line, glad his height enabled him to keep the Petersons in sight as the walkway dipped. When he got nearer the mall, Hawkins saw the official group was already walking towards their waiting vehicles, Peterson among them. Hawkins concealed the breath deodorizer in the palm of his hand, squeezing it several times into his mouth, and then called formally, Senator! Senator Peterson! The politician didn't hear, continuing on, and Hawkins called again, and this time the man hesitated and turned, smiling in recognition. Ray! Didn't think you were going to make it, after all. Important, Hawkins lied. Kept me longer than I expected. Sorry I couldn't come with you. Although Peterson wasn't yet a declared candidate— the machinery existed because no one had any real doubts the man intended to run. Joe Rampaley, 
the campaign manager in everything but official title, was further down towards the waiting limousines, and Peter Elliston, of whose precise function Hawkins was unsure, was already at the open door of one of them. Eleanor stopped and turned, and when she saw Hawkins, she said, Hi, and gave one of her open smiles. She had brace, straight, even teeth. They were an impressive couple, Hawkins decided. A presidential package. Peterson was very tall, as tall as he was, which was six four, and exercise slim, which he wasn't.